I saw this post on social media about a week ago. I have two tickets for the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I paid $2,500 for each ticket. When I bought them, I didn't realize it was going to be the same day as my wedding. <laughs> if you're interested in taking my place, the wedding will be at First Presbyterian Church in Kansas City. The bride's name is Ann Rogers. She's five foot six, about 140 pounds, long brown hair and blue eyes and a good cook. She'll be the one in the white dress. The whole nation tonight, uh, the whole nation this, this, this day focusing on a football game, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we do well to put first things first and focus as we do every Sunday on Jesus Christ. And today we heard about Jesus Christ cleansing a man with leprosy. And of course, we, we can think about what that meant for him physically, uh, uh, the pain and suffering and slow death that leprosy is, Jesus delivers him from. But much more than that, uh, leprosy uh, would cut someone off from their family, from their friends. It would cut them off from the worshiping assembly. It was a kind of social and relational death. And so what Jesus does for the man is he, he, has, he gives him a radically new life, a radical restoration. And Jesus continues to do that through his mystical body, the church. A few days before we blessed our discipleship center, I attended another uh, ribbon-cutting ceremony for another construction project in our diocese, and this was at St. Rita's Parish School. And if you're not familiar with it, it is in southeast San Diego. And the name of their project was Art, Play, Pray. It really affected a transformation of their campus. For many decades, when children wanted to play outside for recess or physical education, they had a kind of sloped asphalt that was their playground. And so this was always a problem. Uh, a poor parish, a poor school could never really afford to fix it, but they knew it needed to be addressed. And it turned into a massive $7.5 million project, which involved grading land, tearing down an old building. They put up there now a beautiful outdoor field, a basketball court, a building for art classes, a prayer grotto with a beautiful statue of Our Lady, plants everywhere, a nice playground for the smaller kids, uh, and then around it, a beautiful stone wall, which also serves you know, functionally and aesthetically for the campus. So, St. Rita's is in the Valencia Park neighborhood of southeast San Diego, very close to the corners of Imperial and Euclid. And do you know what they've called that place for a long time? The Four Corners of Death, because of such a high rate of gang violence. It is one of, of the most uh, dangerous places in our county, uh, and prospects for children growing up there are bleak. Um, not only is there gang violence, but there's all the other problems that come in many poor urban areas, public schools, which are not effective. And so it is especially important for the Catholic Church to try to provide education for the children in those neighborhoods. And you may ask yourself, how could such a poor school afford a $7.5 million campus restoration? Well, I'm going to tell you how, <laughs> since you're asking Eight or nine years ago, a man named Jim Mittermiller reached out to me 
And I knew Jim from a while back. He was a partner at Shepard, Mullen, Richter, and Hampton. I was an associate in litigation, and I worked with Jim. And Jim maintained contact with me when I went to the seminary and when I, uh, later when I became a priest. But he was reaching out to me because he was approaching retirement. And what he wanted to do in his retirement, he wanted to spend some time volunteering as a teacher at an at a inner-city Catholic school. And it just so happened that we had family friends who lived not far from St. Rita's, whose children were attending that school, and who loved it. And they especially loved the principal, Gina Olson, who is still the principal today. So I connected Jim Mittermiller with the principal, also another friend of mine who has uh, wanted to volunteer teach in the school. And so these uh, men, they began to teach, they fell in love with the school, and they saw the need for this project. And it just so happens that well, Jim Mittermiller has done pretty well for himself, but he happens to have a friend from college who has done really well for himself and who was convinced to give, I think, over $5 million to the project. Jim also had to overcome many obstacles and difficulties in getting it done. And so it's, just, it's an interesting thing how a guy I worked with you know, years ago as a lawyer has uh, been such a benefactor for our diocese and for St. Rita's. So I'm sitting there at the ribbon cutting ceremony and I, my heart is full of joy. It's so beautiful, so peaceful. It's a kind of oasis in the midst of, I mean, the, and the walls really do enclose it, so you don't realize that what's right outside those walls, which is dilapidated buildings, all concrete and asphalt and pawn shops and liquor stores and quick cash places, right? But in that, in those walls, it was just so beautiful. I just thought, this is like an oasis, Lord. This is where your love and beauty can come to these children. The uh, eighth grader, who was the president of their student body, gave a really impressive speech at the ceremony. Many other people gave nice speeches. Um, uh, but the, the one that I remember the most, the line I remember the most, was the chief of staff for the councilwoman of that area. And he said that he grew up just a few blocks from St. Rita's, and he was one of those success stories where he was able to get out of kind of the cycle of poverty, uh, and now as a chief of staff for a councilwoman. And he, um, he said this, he says, he says, with this project, he says, what was once the four corners of death has become the four corners of life. And I thought that was beautiful and fitting. Now, a lot of the important work the church does in helping the poor um, is not funded by the government nor by big donors that give $5 million chunks, but a lot of it is funded by ordinary middle-income Catholics that generously give. So if you haven't figured it out yet, today is one of those weekends where I'm going to ask you to give. So please look in your pews. You'll find beautiful multicolored brochures. Please pull them out right now and look at them. I want to see them in your hands. Okay, because we didn't do a mailing this year, so they're not going to show up at your mailbox, okay? So this is uh, the brochure and envelope for the annual Catholic Appeal. Uh, the theme this year is United in Christ. And... Um, the annual Catholic appeal, most of you are aware, right? So this is something where all the parishes in the diocese participate um, by making donations that support a variety of things. Uh, 
So one of the things that I mentioned, they, it supports um, Catholic education in underserved areas. Um, our parish is wonderful, and, and what we do here I think God is very pleased with, but we cannot forget that we are connected to a broader church. We cannot forget that um, those, um, those kids in um, the southeast San Diego, they're part of our spiritual family, okay? Uh, we can't forget that. Um, we are united in Christ, as the theme says. We are united in Christ through the sacraments, through the creed, through common governance of our bishop. Uh, we are united uh, in Christ, especially when we show mutual love, when those with more resources share with those who less. If you look carefully at the early church in the book of Acts, this is how it worked, right? He said those who had, they'd come and put it at the feet of the disciples. The disciples would distribute it to those who needed it, right? It was a perfect little communist society, okay? It doesn't necessarily work on a national scale, but, but it did work in the early church. And, um, and so I'd like you to... Uh, um, I'll, talk, I'll also just share with you a couple of the important things that are, that are funded significantly by the annual Catholic appeal. One is Catholic Charities, which among, among many things provides food and shelter for the homeless, comprehensive care and help that gets them off the streets and into jobs and permanent housing. Uh, and I have to say, I can't share the details, but I learned something recently about the CEO of Catholic Charity that was very impressive and makes me um, convinced of his fidelity to the Catholic faith and Catholic principles as they carry out their work there. Uh, the, the ACA also helps to fund diocesan support for faith formation of all ages, and it helps to fund formation of seminarians, which is very important, right? So, you know, you guys, you guys got me and Father Ignatius as your pastors, right? Uh, and you didn't have to pay however much it cost uh, to get us formed in the seminary. I didn't have to pay it. Right? And you're definitely not paying me a salary that would be equal to all that education that, that has gone into this, right? So how does that work? You do it through things like the annual Catholic appeal, and we're paying it forward. So, and who knows, one of these seminaries may be your pastor in a few years, right? It also helps retired priests, and, and it's very important. that The diocese actually is usually planned pretty well, and the priests usually plan pretty well, but every, well, every so often there are uh, retired priests that have extraordinary expenses and need help. Um, so uh, uh, every parish is assessed a certain amount of, for the total fundraising goal. Our parish has been assessed $95,000, which is one of the highest assessments. So we're lucky, I'm told, that we have one of the highest assessments because it shows we're a blessed parish uh, that has many parishioners that are committed stewards. Uh, and so uh, we have an assessment. You guys will give your individual contributions. If it's short of the assessment, it'll come out of the parish savings anyways. Uh, if it exceeds the parish assessment, it actually comes back to the parish, okay? And we can use it on other things. Um, so I do want to encourage all of you to give. So you can give, you can take the envelope with you home. You can make a pledge. You can make an initial payment and pay monthly. You can make a pledge and pay the whole amount in one check. There's, uh, if you're going to give by check, make sure the checks are payable to the Diocese of San Diego. Uh, and you can return those envelopes in our uh, collection boxes over the next several weekends, uh, next month at least. Um, if you also want to, if it's easier for you, you can give online. And uh, the ACA website is linked to our parish website. So you can just go to the website and you can click that. 
uh, as well. Let me leave you with a story about a woman named Wendy who was recently assisted by Catholic Charities. Um, she's been a single mom who has raised children, uh, and she did it mostly by driving a truck. And she kind of barely has made ends meet, and she uh, doesn't have a, a, a lease for an apartment. She kind of would stay with friends and oftentimes sleep in her truck. But recently, she had to have major surgery, and she had the surgery, and, and staying on a friend's couch, recovering from surgery, wasn't working, and she wasn't getting better. And in desperation, she reached out to Catholic Charities, uh, and she was taken in by Rachel's Women's Center, which is run by Catholic Charities. She received a lifeline she didn't expect. She is recovered now. She has permanent housing. And she's grateful not only for the material support she received, but especially for the loving manner in which it was given by all the staff and volunteers who worked there. So as Christians, it's not just that we give charity, but it's the way that we give it. We help the person to recognize that they are loved by God. This is what Wendy said. The Bible says that what you do for the least of these, you do for Jesus. It says to meet the basic needs. If your neighbor is hungry, you give him food. If he's cold, give them your jacket, you know. And that's what Catholic Charities did for me. Our participation in the ACA not only helps us to be like Jesus, who gave a new life to that leper, but it also helps us to love Jesus in the least of our brothers and sisters.